0: Something is bubbling among women today. Women crave honest stories that entertain, motivate and move them. Women want reinforcement that they are not alone in feeling the way that they do and that they can feel good about their prospects. Stories and Strategies for Women podcast will share riveting stories about amazing women. I'm your host, Claudine Walk. A good story well told is powerful. A good story can motivate. A good story can inspire action. We are excited to welcome a new sponsor. Thriftbooks.com is a cool way for you to buy your favorite books. If you're like me, you want a book in your hands when you read, or maybe you simply want to buy your favorite books to place on your shelf, but you don't want to pay full price. Thriftbooks has the answer. Search used books at their online site, thriftbooks.com. Books are reasonably priced, Plus, each purchase adds credits to your account, which you can apply to future purchases in their Reading Rewards program. You may even have enough credit for a free book. The nicest part is that you don't have to keep track. ThriftBooks keeps track for you and lets you know right at the point of purchase that credits are available for your use to apply on the spot. There's a link to thriftbooks.com in the show notes or click the ad on my website, claudinewalk.com. Welcome to the Stories and Strategies for Women podcast, New Year's edition. New Year's is the time of year where many people reflect on their lives and they make a resolution for themselves. Perhaps they try something new or they fail to stop doing something not so good. If you're in either of these camps, perhaps this episode will provide the primer you need to get started on the change you want for yourself. I include two of our popular previous guest excerpts to speak to you for this new year. The questions are, what do you want to share with the world? And how do you get started? Here's hoping you come up with the answers. If you do, please share your plans in the comments section of New Year's 2021 blog post on my website, claudinewalk.com. I can't wait to read it. Happy New Year to all, and I beg you, set the world ablaze with your talents. Marissa Pulselli is a writer, a speaker, and an educator. You can hire her to write for you, to motivate you, or to help you find your authentic self. And she is my guest today. Welcome,
1: Marissa. What I ended up doing is leaving work one afternoon because I was increasingly unhappy. Um, Not, again, nothing to do with the job and and, uh, nothing to do with the folks that I worked with. It was just that it wasn't where I was meant to be anywhere anymore. So I left work one afternoon. I, I told my supervisor I wasn't feeling well, which was true. <laughs> and I, I stopped at Rite Aid and I picked up a journal. And I went to the quietest place I could think of, which was a cemetery. And I sat <laughs> under a tree. <laughs> and I said, I'm not going to leave here until I can figure out how to be happy. And, oh. um, <laughs> Did you get a lot of stares? Right. Did people stare at you? No one stared at me, you know. It's a very—it's uh, a place where you don't get a lot of interruption, which is kind of why I picked it. <laughs> um, and I began journaling a little bit, but you know, eventually I did have to leave because um, I had to eat and go to the bathroom—you <laughs> know, <and eat laughs> all of those human things right. that happen. But I did go back the next day and the day after that, and um, wow, I just all day it. long writing. Just sitting, thinking, writing, praying, meditating, asking, exploring, reflecting, because I knew I was at an impasse. I knew I was at this crossroads in my life. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to cheat myself. I didn't want to cheat the world. And I didn't want to show up inauthentically in the world. You know, there's this great quote, Catherine of Siena says, if if we are who we are meant to be, we will set the world ablaze.
0: Oh, and I, I love that.
1: Believe that, and I and I believe that I did that, and all those other points in my life. I was supposed to be a teacher for that time. I was supposed to be working, helping people understand their healthcare benefits. So it's not like I was discounting anything that came before, but I knew I had something else ahead of me. And by the end of that period of time, what I had written down in that journal is was my first business plan. And this was in this was in uh, April or May. Um, of about five or six years ago. And by December, I had started my own company. I had my own website and people were actually starting to pay me, which was so <laughs> odd at first. And, you know, Now I'm like, come on, keep paying me. But it was really weird. The first time someone paid me money to do something that i it just came so naturally to me and I had been doing for free <laughs> for a really, really, really long time. Um, and then I, I sort of worked part-time um, with my corporate job and part-time with my own company until I got to the point where I really couldn't sustain that anymore. And um, in order to support my my entrepreneurial work and to really live fully the way I thought I was being called to live, I did leave the corporate job and do my own. Uh, I'm Now I'm full-time with my own company as an entrepreneur, and I love it. That's amazing. That's 5 or 6 years ago that you made wow. that decision.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Neat. Okay. I'm wondering how you felt when you decided to sit down in that cemetery. What were you physically feeling? Were there warning signs for our listeners who might be yeah, thinking yes. about making a change?
1: Yeah, definitely. I was I had so much inner turmoil about staying in a place where I was no longer meant to be and again, I really don't mean this to be a slam on the corporate world or on the company I worked for, it was purely that it wasn't where I was meant to be anymore, but I was starting to get sick, I had headaches all the time, upset stomach, I was tired, I cried on my way to work. and then mm-hmm. over time, as you adjusted, because I imagine
0: as you started to feel better, at least part way, you got hungry to feel better all the way. Yes.
1: Yes. So and that's motivating. That right. You get that little taste of that that freedom and that self-determination. And you know, you have something, every person has something they want to share with the world. And I felt that I was only half sharing. And that's that's the worst feeling. It's like the stifling feeling, right? So the more I got this little taste of just beginning to open that door, I wanted to just throw the doors wide open and walk <laughs> through. But it took a little bit of time. And you know, everyone's path takes the time that it's supposed to take. Maybe I helped someone in those months that I was doing two jobs. Maybe I helped someone with their health care that I wouldn't have been able to help otherwise. We don't know what you know, the good that we're doing sometimes. So I trust that this unfolded in the way it was supposed to.
0: And now after five, six years, and you're doing the business that you were meant to do, how do
1: you feel Mm -hmm. now? I, <laughs> I love it. It is it is a different kind of exhausting. Um, and of course, the first couple of years of starting your own business, everyone talks about the hustle, right? You've got to put the time in, you've got to hustle. And I do agree with that. However, I, you know, from a philosophical and a spiritual standpoint, I am not a devotee of the cult of busyness, which is what I like to call it. There are people who are like obsessed with this, idea that you should be the busier and the more tired and hectic you are, the more successful you are. And I just don't believe that. Um, So yes, I understand that the initial phases of a business, you really, you have to put the time in, you have to put the effort in. I'm not afraid of hard work. However, my goal is not to be a busy person. My goal is to be a happy and loving person. And to the extent that I need to be busy to accomplish that, that's cool. But I want to look for ways to um, start to ease that up a little bit and enjoy more of the freedom of the the, the self employed life. One of the reasons that that I've opted for this kind of life, but I do love being self employed. It is like flying by the seat of your pants sometimes, but at least it's your own pants, right? right? <laughs> so, so you do have a lot of control over the way you show up in the world and what you're able to contribute, and that's really a wonderful feeling.
0: And that's a great segue into something that we talk a lot about and your description of your transition screams it and that is being living an authentic life. Mm-hmm. And how important is that for people to understand that by not living an authentic life, you're keeping your talents from the world. I love that idea.
1: Yeah, I think it's so true, Claudine. I think that, you know, sometimes we think of following our dream as selfish. Right. We think, oh, I've got to do, you know, the nine to five predicted job because that's what it's going to take to pay the bills and support my family or whatever the case might be. And again, I'm not knocking anyone who does a nine to five job or anything with right. like that. But I think that when it comes to following our dreams, it is a lot more of a for others deal than then we usually give it credit for being. Because when we follow our dreams, we don't just make ourselves happy. We bring to the fore the, the talents that we were given, I believe, by our creator um, in the most brilliant way possible, in the fullest way possible on some other plane, whatever, wherever it is, how you affected the life of another person just by showing up as you are.
0: Thank you, Marissa Pulselli. You can find Marissa at her website, marissapulselli.com. Coming up is Dr. John Murray, owner of Murray Chiropractic. His full episode, Polishing Your Internal Mirror, Part 1 and Part 2, starts at Episode 13. With us today is John Murray. John is the owner of Murray Chiropractic in Clinton, New Jersey. He was a guest on the Let's Talk WDBR radio show, and he spoke about his chiropractic practice as well as his uh, daughter and his son-in-law are also part of the practice, and we talked about that. And the conversation ended up kind of veering into all things health and nutrition, and I got an overwhelming response from women about that. Radio show. they wanted more. So I thought it would be great idea to bring John onto stories and strategies for women to talk about his knowledge with uh, health and women and stress relief. So I'm so excited to have you. thank you for
2: being here, John. Great to be here. Well, you know, it helps to put those thoughts in your head that you are healthy. In fact, affirmations can be really. Really strong catalysts for optimal health, and uh, um, we do, in terms of um, uh, a very simple form of meditation, uh, can can activate your physiology to to uh, be more resistant to negative negativity in the world if we put the right thoughts in our heads. So, but you got to do more than that, though. You can't just think it and make it so. You know, you can't just. There's things we need as human beings. Material, food, air, water, if you neglect those elements, you can think all the greatest thoughts in the world, but you still will you won 't have the building blocks to build a body with someday when we 're no longer on this planet or we go to the next plane, you might not need anything uh, you just you just are energy, but we 're not just that we 're a material body organized by an inanimate life force
0: over your career, I imagine that you 've seen this in practice again and again. You told a story about having someone come to you, uh, an older gentleman who said that, um, hey, I only went for one chiropractic session. Why am I not better? (laughs) So it's really a lifetime of what we're doing to our bodies.
2: No doubt about it. And, And you have to look at it as we have a physical body, we have a emotional body, and we have this this base, basically, the it's animated by, a, by an energy that people call it many different things, but uh, a life force, a God within, a soul, a spirit, and chiropractic, we call it an innate intelligence. But there's something in you that's not in a corpse that animates our body and gives it organization and, and uh, control. But getting back to that, yes, no, it's a lifetime. Um, if you look at In the 20s and 30s, there was a man, Marcus Bach, who was a friend of B.J. Palmer, who developed chiropractic, talked about things called survival values. And today we call them lifestyle choices. But you can't, you're only as good as your last day, getting back to that fella there. Um, If you come to me at 18, and if your goal is just symptom relief, if you're 18 and you have chiropractically, and most people relate to chiropractic as just a backache, crick or strain, musculoskeletal type of problem, At 18, it might just be one or two adjustments and you activate better joint health and neurologic health. You haven't been on the planet long enough to develop negative health momentum to where you're 85 or 50, to where now this momentum of maybe making more destructive choices, and it's almost like sounds horrible, but I like the term survival values even more than lifestyle choices. It puts a little more immediacy to it, but everything is cumulative. I suggest to all my patients that your fifth decade is when the accumulation begins to manifest. I know in my own body from doing a lot of physical stuff. Yeah. But chiropractic is ongoing. I I think you're getting back to that point where, you know, you don't have to get adjusted the rest of your life. You don't have to see a chiropractor. It might be good. You don't have to eat fruits and vegetables and uh, good Uh, food and nutrients and and breathe air, uh, quality, quality over time yields health. So you don't have to, but it would behoove you. And chiropractic doesn't do anything to the spine to make you need to be adjusted. Just like the pain on my house is subject to elements of wind and rain, the elements of stress or wear. elements of life work on you too. The painter doesn't do anything in my house that makes it need to be painted in five years. It's the wind and the rain and the cold and expansion, contraction. And for us, our spines distort and adapt to physical, chemical, and emotional stresses. And emotional stresses affect us physically, not just how we feel on the inside, but your structure as well. That adapts to the feeling. So it's really, it's simple, but it's, what makes it interesting to me is that it's so simple what we have to do to manifest health but it's rather complicated but the beautiful thing is your body does the work if you do a little bit it's going to reward you nothing is random in your body every constructive thing you do your brain and body will recognize it as being constructive and utilize it to propel you more towards health and away from sickness and disease however Things that you do that are negative, and there's varying degrees of negative, you know, again, your body will intelligently adapt to that. It will excrete what's more uh, destructive or toxic, utilize what might be uh, absorbable and utilizable in your body, but it's going to get rid of the toxicity. If you can do more purity as opposed to toxicity, your body has more to work with and can more easily assimilate and build a healthier body rather than worrying about excreting this toxic stuff all the time. That's a whole kind of talk about the five signs of life. But anyway, yeah, you have to be, you're only as good as your last day.
0: Right, right. Yeah. Let's sign us up for the the five, what did you call it? The five?
2: Five signs of life. It's the five signs of life. It's a chiropractic philosophy from the 20s. Uh, 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 Dorland's, I'm sorry, uh, Stevenson's textbook and- you, I, can, I can explain anything about health, whether it's a pharmacist, a neurosurgeon, it doesn't matter. If I can use the context of the five signs of life, they get what we do and how we help people be healthier.
0: Neat, neat. Okay. So to take it back to women, yeah. because we are stories and strategies for women, w- yeah. women, in my experience, mm-hmm, tend to feel that um, they put their emotional needs last they put all of their needs last quite frankly and right. especially when they start to have right. children and a family and 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 those those bad habits let's say maybe build up over a long period of time and the stresses that we're ignoring they build right. up over a long period of time so for anyone who's listening who feels like Wow, like everything that you've said there is so so interesting, but it's overwhelming, and I don't know where to start. There are all these issues, you know my stress, my health, my nutrition. what What's a good example of how to get started?
2: Well, if you keep it simple, you want to focus on how on eating eating well, thinking well, and moving well, okay? So we want to break it down into those three kind of categories. And yeah, I've been married going on forty years, and Without a doubt, my wife, Diane, I mean, I wouldn't be able to do what I do unless she was, you know, handles everything. Oh, yeah, I'm Dr. John, whatever. Yeah, but guess what? Uh, There would be no Marie Chiropractic. There'd be nothing. I probably, it wouldn't work. So women do place themselves last. And I think women have inherent toughness. They have an inherent empathy and compassion for people. And but they all tempered with, but they're also super tough mentally. I think women can carry on through things. It's probably just from the aspects of you know what what they have to do biologically to give birth, and the connection of that is an extension of everything else in their life. Even if you haven't had children, there still is the the physiology of it all. It's having children is a choice, really. And if you didn't decide to have them, that's okay. But you still have that same physiology, and you will tend to sacrifice yourself. Um, How do you get started? How do you get started? Well, first of all, I would start with before you even, simple things work and simple things done consistently, and they don't have to be done for a long time. They just have to be done consistently. It's called momentum. Just a simple affirmation. If you're right-handed, you squeeze your left hand, which is your non-dominant hand, and you can say a simple affirmation while you squeeze your non-dominant hand. The reason why you squeeze your non-dominant hand, it takes more of an emotional response an emotional effort to squeeze that hand, as opposed to your stronger side, which is, I am love. I am love. Yeah. yeah, Right. So when you say it and you squeeze the left hand, it's subconsciously the tone changes. I am loved. I am healthy. It's whatever you want to say. I am strong.
0: I am fabulous.
2: I am fabulous. You know uh, I, you know, so we all want to be loved. So you, So something simple to change your mindset. And I call it polishing your internal mirror. Affirmations, the key thing is, if you just say an affirmation, 50% of the time, and here's the deal, you got to get through the conscious mind, which wants to judge you, which wants to knock you, which wants to say that you are uh, not up to anything. You know, you're a failure. You know, you're too short. You're too fat. You're too this. You're too that. How
0: could you let this happen?
2: Yeah, you polish your internal. Yeah, right. You get If you polish your internal mirror, but you've got to get through the conscious mind, which is the judge, the monkey brain. So how do we do that? Well, a simple one is just, uh, you can just repeat it yourself. You don't have to count, but I I am strong. I am strong or I am healthy. I am healthy. I act healthy. I feel healthy. That's a really good one. When you say I am, I act, I feel. When you put the feel at the end, that creates an emotional attachment to what you just said. That changes your endocrine or glandular system You've penetrated the conscious mind, and then it imprints on your subconscious, which is truly your heart. You know, you say you feel it in your heart, you feel it in your gut. So you feel it here. So you polish this internal mirror so that when people give you this negative stuff, it just bounces off. It's reflected. It's like water off a duck's back. You know, I remember being told when I was like, I don't know what what point in school, but you know... uh, Ah, You'll never amount to much. You were horrible at (laughs) math. I said, well, in my mind, I said, well, screw you. My nanny said, I'm fantastic.
0: There you go. There you go. (laughs) It
2: didn't affect me. Anyway, so you can do squeeze the hand. Like if I, when I ran, I would just, I would just chant things. So you penetrate the subconscious by multiple affirmations. It can be prayer, whether, whatever, it's not about changing your religion or anything like that, but a Buddhist mala has 108 beads. A Catholic rosary minus the three Hail, three Hail Marys and the two Our Fathers at the tail has 54. 54 times 2, 108. Something maybe is going on there. I don't know. Um, I'm, not, I'm not that smart. But I use a Buddhist mala, and I will have, an aff- I have many affirmations that I say. And all I do is I, I have a ritual. I have my little quiet spot, and I will, every morning, do the 108 beads. Maybe maybe twice around even. But I find by the time I'm about the 50, you get halfway through that thing, your conscious mind is shutting off. You're into this, I don't want to say mantra, but you've quieted the conscious mind so that what you're affirming is now impressing internally. Polishing your internal mirror. It's all about polishing your internal mirror.
0: You're listening to Stories and Strategies for Women podcast. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave us a review. Visit me at my website, claudinewalk.com. Drop me a note on Instagram at claudinewalk. Thank you for listening. We will see you next time.